listen here, dude, this is the Hulkster, and I'm on the PCGCCK1 show. Don't tread on America. Let's do this, brother. Nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I'm Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shocker around the world. I'm Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry. I'm John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boys, David Crockett. I'm Lee. Coming to you from the Deantown Studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon. This is Don't Tread America. Host Don Q today is August 4th, 2023. All right, guys. How's everybody doing out there today? It is Friday. Friday, August 4th. I gotta make this quick because, like I told you all before, I'm no longer off on the weekends. I have Sunday, Mondays off. So, hold on a second. I got this fuzz. There we go. So, I gotta, I gotta finish this glass of whiskey, finish this show, and go to bed. So, let's make this quick, guys. Here we go. Guys, please, let's not forget about the D-Time store. Link is at the bottom of whatever podcast app you're listening to this on. Make sure to use DTOM in the promo box to get 10% off your total. Check it out. Help a brother out. You're supporting the show. Profits will go right back into the show, not into my pocket. Also, guys, check us out on social media at uh, Don't Trade on America on Facebook, Instagram, and the Ticker Talker. And if you want to check us out on Twitter or X or whatever the fuck it's called now, it's. Uh, <laughs> D Tom underscore seventeen seventy five, and if you're not on social media, it's fine. I don't blame you. You can check us out at DontTreadOnAmerica dot com. From any of those situations, you can message the show, you can email the show, uh, but most importantly, you can listen to the show, and then you can also visit the D Tom store. Got some shirts. I got some stuff. I actually, I actually ordered a shirt. It's coming. It should be here today. So, and the reason I did that was so I could. You know, show some sales. No, I, I did it. Bas- basically, what I did was I went ahead and ordered a T-shirt because I wanted to see the quality. Because I'm not making the shirts. I I have a third party that basically does everything. They they produce the shirts. They ship the shirts. I, I really don't have anything to do other than de- designing the shirts. So I wanted to see the quality. That way, I can see if this is worth going forward with it. So I will give you an update on that on uh, Sunday. So, in the meantime, you can still go and check it out and see what you see. I'm going to add stuff as time goes by. I got a couple of other t-shirt ideas. I just got to have the time to uh, to do everything. So, you know how that works. All right. Let's get busy. Um, like I said, it is Friday. I hope everyone's having a fantabulous day. I'm going to do something I haven't done in a little while, so here we go. News of the obvious with your host, 
ACGC. All right. This just in. Joe Biden lied. No one's established that he did anything wrong or that I've done anything wrong. Period. He did not do a single thing wrong, as everybody's investigated. But look, uh, there is zero, 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 zero evidence of any assertion being made. You know there's not one single bit of evidence, not one little tiny bit, to suggest anything done was wrong. There's not a scintilla of evidence that I did anything wrong. No one has produced one scintilla of evidence that I did anything other than do my job for America. I don't discuss business with my son. Have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas dealings. And I've never discussed what my son's business with him because I didn't want any conflict. Do you stand by your statement that you did not discuss any of your son's overseas business Yes, I stand by that statement. First of all, I, I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. I've never discussed my business or their business, my son's or daughter's, and I've never discussed them. article released this thing on online it's going to be printed one time is good i need you clear okay so there you go did he lie well as we are well aware uh devin archer went in front of uh committee this past weekend and um testified now i i said the other day that you can't really lay a lot of credence into a criminal he he is a convicted criminal not that has anything to do with with this it's a whole different situation but regardless but you also have to take into account when when a criminal whoever this person is whoever i'm not talking about devin archer but just in general when you have a criminal testify so if you have a criminal he's turning state's evidence against his partner um and that and that person's going to get a deal out of it okay well you know bob johnson here uh, if you turn against your your uh partner there mike jones you know we're gonna instead of you getting the possible 10 to 20 years we're just going to give you six months whatever um how how much can you trust that information Okay, obviously this person's a criminal and they're they're cutting a deal to see lesser jail time, right? We've seen that. You watch Law and Order, you watch whatever movies and shows, right? And that happens in real life. The difference here is, and where you could probably take a lot of or some of what Devin Archer said as truth is the fact that there was no deal to be had, what he was saying had nothing to do with what he was convicted of. And and not for nothing, <laughs> what, what Devin Archer and Hunter Biden did technically, let me put it this way. If Hunter Biden wasn't Hunter Biden, if he was Hunter Smith, right, we wouldn't even be talking about this. It has nothing to do with what they did it has nothing to do that that both he and biden and devin archer and, and hunter were on the board at burisma it has nothing to do with that it's the fact that how they were on the board it was how and why hunter biden was put on the board of that company and other companies because of the access to his father now like i said if it was devin archer and hunter smith and they finagled their way onto the board of Burisma, having no knowledge of <laughs> energy solutions or any kind of situation, then that's on Burisma for hiring these guys. And furthermore, they probably wouldn't have gotten, hi <clears throat> gotten hired if it wasn't for the fact that Hunter's last name was Biden. Regardless of what he may have said or did say or didn't say, they hired him. They put him on the board because of that. Now, it's come out through the transcripts now that we know what Devin Archer said. That, of course, we were told that uh, Goldman, 
of you know of Goldman Sachs fame, by the way, uh, told people before the the transcripts scripts were out, he told the American public that Hunter or that Devin Archer said there was an illusion of access to the vice president. Well, Devin Archer never said that. Dan Goldman said that to Devin Archer, and Devin Archer was like, no, he had access. We know this. It and and it's furthermore like you heard different representatives say, well, yeah, but the phone calls involved, you know, it was just uh, Hunter calling his dad, and, and they were asking about the weather. Bullshit. If you've ever seen mob movies, just pick one. <laughs> Goodfellas. The, the, the crime boss, the Don, the, the main man, right, didn't do a lot of conversating, right? The, the, the head honcho, the, the boss of the neighborhood, the, the whatever you want to call him, that person didn't do a lot of the communicating. It was the underbosses, the soldiers, those people that did the talking, that did the business. Okay? But the crime boss was there accessible. Well, he was accessible to the underlings. Okay? So what Hunter Biden would do is call dad. And he might have not have said, I mean, in all honesty, there might have not have been any conversations on the phone at that particular time when he called his dad. It wasn't that he was calling his dad to say, hey, uh, you know, Zing Zong Ping wants to fucking sign up for a $10 million McGillicuddy. Are you in? It wasn't like that. Hey, Burisma wants to do whatever for a billion dollars. Are you in? It wasn't, that's not what the phone call was for. The phone call was, I can get a hold of my dad like that. <laughs> Watch. Boom. <laughs> hey, dad, how's it going? Oh, pretty good. How's it going? Oh, it's going good. All right. Well, I just call and check up on you. All right, cool. Boom. <laughs> See how quickly I can get a hold of my dad? Now, are we going to do this or what? And if Hunter was doing that and Joe was just an idiot and didn't know any better, then Joe's just an idiot and didn't know any better. But... There was that 10% for the big guy. So even if Joe pretends like he didn't know, where's the money coming from? You would still want to, like, if all of a sudden your your bank account has whatever in it, and then all of a sudden it's got a you know extra 100000 or a million dollars, and you might be like, what the fuck's this from? Right? You would think. And the fact that he sits there and says, and I'm going to make this quick because I know everybody's talking about this. I, I'm going to, I'm reason I'm talking about this because it's going to lead me into what the bulk of this show is going to be about. And I'm going to tie it all together in the end. And I'm going to do it really quick because I need to be out of here in an hour. So, <laughs> um, those of you that are listening to this show and you're, a, and, and, and I'm not, I'm not going to, discriminate or, or be sexist towards women. I, this has nothing to do with the ladies that are listening to the show. But men, okay, if you have a son, and, and, I, and I say a son, I'm not even talking about daughters. This has nothing to do or against women, whether it's your wife, the mothers, the daughters. It has nothing to do with that. But if you have a son, and whatever that son does for work, Okay, for for example, okay, I work a job and I really don't like to talk about where I work and what I do because of, you know, I, I like to keep getting a paycheck. Now, if one day this podcast blows up and I don't have to work anymore, then whatever. In the meantime, I kind of have to work. Anyway, my son used to work where I work. And it was a situation where my son... You know, he graduated high school. He went to a technical school to become a mechanic, right? Got all his certifications, become a mechanic, okay? He uh, was working, uh, well, he, like he worked at McDonald's like most kids do. And then he was working part-time at a garage to kind of get experience, right? And he didn't really feel comfortable working on other people's cars. He was afraid he was going to mess something up and whatever, whatever. Now, we work on our cars, but they're our cars, right? 
So <laughs> now he paid for the school. It's not like I paid for it. He paid for it. He was in an accident with it when he was a kid. He had a chunk of money. He paid for his school. Whatever. Um. Okay, what are you going to do? You went to school. You spent all this money, and now you're not going to use what you went to school for. You got to do something. You can't work at McDonald's. I mean, and granted, he was 20, 21, or he was turning 21 at the time. So it's not like he was, you know, 30. <laughs> he's not even 30 now, but nonetheless. So he's working with us. You know, I get him a job there. I talked to the bosses. I said, hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, they're like, you know, I'd been there for a while. They knew my son from when he was little. So they're like, cool. So, you know, he's working there, worked for a couple years. And then his friend, um, his friend's dad, owns a company that installs sonar uh, systems. I, I don't know the exact terminology, but basically sets up on um, on cranes and barges and whatnot when in the they build bridges. They don't actually build the bridges. They have the the GPS situation to build the bridges. And they work all over the, the world, you know, throughout the United States, Canada, Bahamas, you know, wherever. So the the boss, you know, his friend's dad, so he knew the dad, his friends all through school, offered him the job to come work for him, asked him, you know, what do you make where you work now, you know, when he was working with us, and he told him the dollar amount, which was actually about $10,000 more than what this guy started his people out normally. But beings, he was a friend of the family, so to speak. He hired him at, he matched what he was making at the job. So, you know, perks, right? Anyway, um, to make a long story not too long, on a, we didn't, it's not me and my son talk every day. We talk a couple of times a week, whether it's via text message or he calls me or I call him, whatever. And it was a simple situation of, hey, how's it going? And especially because he goes out of town a lot. So, hey, how's it? How's the weather in Canada? How's the weather, you know? <laughs> and the other day, he's, he was like, this is bullshit. You know, I go, I go to, uh, <laughs> I go to Texas and the Bahamas and Pensacola and Oklahoma and when it's in the summer. And then I go to Canada and Oregon and New Jersey and New York in the winter. He goes, why can't we get that reversed? You know, and I get it. You know, you're working in these southern areas in the summer when it's a 5,000 degrees outside and then you're working up north when it's 5,000 below. So, but anyway, point being is this. Fathers, you have an adult son, okay? And that son works wherever he works, especially if he works in a profession. Now, if you are if you have a younger adult child son and he's still trying to find his legs and he's working at McDonald's or Burger King, talk about whatever, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. At least they're working, Right? Um, my son now married, has a kid. Hey, how's it going? How, how's it up there where you're at? How, how was the trip? How, oh, what'd you do? Oh, I had to do this, that, and everything. Oh, that's cool. You know? So now mind you, my son's not Hunter Biden and he's not <laughs> roping international companies into billion dollar projects. That's beside the point. My point being is this, as a father, I don't give a fuck if you're the vice president, the president, or just some dude with a full-time job and a part-time podcast. You talk to your kids, you talk, and especially fathers and sons. You talk to your sons. How was work? What did you do? Hey, explain it to me because I don't know what it is. I don't do it, so I don't know it. Oh, I had to do this. And, and it's interesting because that's like, okay, that's cool. you know. And, and, and like I said, I shouldn't just make this about fathers and sons. It, it works all the way around. If you have a daughter, like my daughter, how was work? What did, you know? Oh, you know, we did this, that, and other thing. So the fact that Joe Biden is going to sit here and tell you that he has, he doesn't talk to his son about his business dealings. He doesn't talk to his brother or his daughter or whoever about their business. Dealings. He's lying. He's lying just for the fact that as a parent, you do that. Okay. Now Hunter could just as easily lie to his dad and just, oh, the thing was cool. You know, we signed a contract with this company and uh, I'm on the board at Burisma and, you know, now me <laughs> as a father, if if I'm vice president and my son, who I know is a dumbass, that you know is a cokehead and 
you know, fucks anything that moves. You know this about your kids, right? Um, <laughs> so how's it going, Hunter? Uh, you know, what, what are you doing? Oh, I just got a job at Burisma. What the fuck's Burisma? Oh, it's a, a, a energy company in Ukraine. And what are you doing there? I'm on the board. How the fuck are you on the board? <laughs> you know, you have no experience in that subject matter. It's not even in this country. How are you? Oh, by the way, uh, you know, it, it helps that, you know, you're my dad, you know. And then shortly there later, when the, uh, I, I don't know the terminology, but the, the attorney general, so to speak, of Ukraine is investigating Burisma. Biden goes over there and says those famous lines about if you don't fire the prosecutor, you're not getting the billion dollars, right? He said that. That's not anybody making up shit. Those were his words out of his mouth. So to sit there and tell me that you, Joseph R. McGillicuddy, Biden, never once had a conversation with your son about the business that he's doing, you're a fucking liar. Now, why did I play the news of the obvious thing? Because no shit, right? Politicians lie. <laughs> so w what does this have to do? I mean, like I said, that's not breaking news. Everybody and their brother's talking about it. So what, what does this have to do with anything? Well, I want to welcome you guys to the incorporated states of America. Now, what, what do I mean by that? I'm asking you. I have no idea now. So, this was all masterfully planned and executed during the Civil War. Now, when I talk about things, and we talk about the WEF and the New World Order and, and the Deep State and, and the they, and I've said this about the Rockefellers, the uh, Rothschilds, and all these people, they play the long game. Nothing can nor will it ever happen immediately because if it does, they know it's going to cause mass panic. So they really matriculate the ball down the field, so to speak. So you're talking 1860s, okay? So the Constitutional Republic abandoned Congress, which forced President Lincoln to issue martial law. Now, what does that mean? The abandoned Congress. So that's when the North and the South split. Uh, states succeeded from the Union, right? Um, at this time, the Republic was taken over by foreign insurgents who replaced it with the United States of America, Inc. Foreign insurgents. Now, we're talking about a group of people. Okay? Now, this was the WEF before the WEF was cool if you want to call them cool this was the pre-wef okay uh in 1871 a corporation that had the same name the united states uh what you know replaced it without noticing so you took the united states of america as we think we know it and replaced it with the corporation okay um but they just turned into a business and commercialized uh, this corporation. And it was later purchased by banking powers behind the Fed in uh, 1912. The Fed was created in 1913. So, you know, this all took place, the, the corporation changing in 1912. In 1913, you had the, um, the Federal Reserve act okay so why did this happen well the u.s was and really still is bankrupt when <clears throat> when we sold the united states to foreign banking cartels um it was savage salvage liens were placed on every asset so now check this out including the people of the new federalized states now, let's fast forward to 1933, when income tax was placed on people to pay the foreign bankers who owns the, I, you know, that's where the IRS was created, and the uh, 
IMF, the International Monetary Fund, which is owned by who? The Rothschilds, okay? And the IRS is actually who, you know, is, is, is ran essentially by the IMF. And your federal, the Federal Reserve, I've said this before, the Federal Reserve, even though it's called the Federal Reserve, so it confuses a lot of people to think that it's a federal entity. The Federal Reserve is a private institution. It's not ran by the government as we think it is. And I think that also goes for the IRS. Who runs the Federal Reserve? Well, you know, we have a Federal Reserve chairman, okay? But that person doesn't necessarily run the Federal Reserve. This is a person who is kind of the intermediary between our quote-unquote government or our managers and the bankers, okay? So, you know, you got to follow the money. Who funds it are the same people that own the United States, Inc. Families, not Americans. So when I say foreign insurgents, that's exactly what I mean. So in um, 1933, USA Inc. goes bankrupt. So what what happened in 1933? What was what was going on in this um, time period? Right, that was during the Great Depression. Okay, 1929, and I've talked about this. If you listen to last week's show that I did the the uh, flashback show from last year, the New Great Depression, I talked about this. So you had the the Spanish uh, flu, 1918 into the roaring 20s a lot of the things that we did after during and after covid was the same thing they did back then and that stuff led to the um led to the great depression now the difference between now and then is back then it was about a 12 year time span things move faster nowadays so it's going to be a shorter time span it might be a six-year time span so what does that mean well if covid 19 took place and we're in 2023 we're at year four okay we're about to hit year five so keep that in mind the things that are happening right now losing credit ratings inflation oh inflation's only three percent bullshit <laughs> year over year it's three percent for the last two years it's 14 uh with the credit rating situation going just getting marked down the other day that means interest rates are going to go up well they've already been going up right they're going to keep going up so god help you if you rent if you own your home but instead of having a fixed mortgage you have an adjustable rated mortgage you're fucked i'm sorry to say that but you're fucked you might have had a mortgage three years ago that was you know a thousand dollars eight hundred thousand dollars a month and it's probably going to be double that if it's not already. So, <clears throat> when um, in 1933, U.S. Inc. goes bankrupt, an income tax is placed on its people. In other words, you and I were turned into property. We were turned into cattle, and we were uh, collater uh, collateralized in order to turn us humans, flesh and blood, into a means of paying off a massive debt. The um, problem is that while you are technically a person, you've entered into contracts that you've complete that you're completely unaware of, such as your birth certificate, social security number, etc. Um, that all being said, I consent to <laughs> you consented to being ca uh, collateralized. You're living as property, as opposed to living as a flesh and blood natural human being on paper. You are property. You are a corporation right now. You might be hearing this and thinking, you know, we're fucked. We're property? What does that mean? Are you kidding me? And it's true. And property doesn't have rights. But here is both a blessing and a curse. There are multiple of you, just like there is multiple of the United States. Um, it's a sleight of hand. Remember, what happened, they want to wear, there are multiple of you, insane 
Okay, it just it doesn't make sense. What do you mean multiple? And I'm not saying there's two Dons or there's two Susies or there's two Billies or there's two Chris's. I'm not saying that. But in this country, there's 330 some on million of us, and that doesn't include the people crossing the border. Because as of right now, a lot of those people don't have um, numbers assigned to them. What do you mean numbers? Well, Social Security numbers, birth certificate numbers. Okay, so when you're born and your parents sign your birth certificate and you're assigned a social security number, the social security number is broken into three parts, right? You have the area, the group, and the serial number. That's right. We all are labeled by our government. Why? Why are we labeled? Okay. And I'm going to get into that in, in just a minute here. So you can... Um, so now you're actually liable for all your alleged obligations or debts. That's what a debt means. So you can play a wrong, you know, you can play a wrong move in chess and still with the game and commerce is chess. The greatest attempt to set us back actually is our greatest weakness. How can we owe debt in the United States if you know, if if we're liable is all is liable for all of its property. If the United, if how can we owe debt if the United States is liable for the property and we're property? I, I hate to say it, but we're property of the United States. If uh, worth the property, when is the United States burdened to pay off our debt? And that is exactly what the losses is. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you guys with this. I'm I'm gonna finish this a little bit. <laughs> there's two different codes and I'm going to and I'm going to tell you about them so I'm not going to have you look them up I'm I'm going to break them down but there's two different codes. One is the House Joint Resolution Act of of one uh I'm sorry, House Joint Resolution Act 192. And when that occurred, the dollar was turned into what we call the Federal Reserve note. And if we're asking to be uh, pay our debts, but we're all's we're giving to uh, from the system is debt notes, aka fiat money, to pay back these debts. How can we pay back a debt with a debt? So your dollar bill says Federal Reserve note, right? If that money is indebted to the IMF, you're really, and let's say you have a credit card and you have you know five thousand dollar balance, you're in debt. And you're paying off your debt with debt. You see what I'm saying? Because the dollar bill technically is a piece of paper. It's not really worth anything. Okay? Um, you know, so just think about that. They never actually gave you lawful money. They gave you debt notes. They never gave you gold or silver. I mean, they used to. Back before... These acts were signed, and back before the Spanish flu. The other, the other one is 18 U.S.C. 8. Okay, Code 8. I'm sorry, 18 U.S.C. Code 8, and that is literally um, telling the United States is liable for all the dollar, or I'm sorry, for all that you have as debt. The United States is liable for. So how can you pay debt with debt notes? You, um, <laughs> they already paid it. So essentially, even though you technically accrue debt, and this is where it's interesting. So we've done shows and I've talked about social credit scores, right? And we talked about, and I, I can't recall, I think it was the show was called Black Mirror. I think it was on Netflix. And we, and we did a show, this was like two years ago. And during the show, they talked about social credit scores, and this is something that is going on in China. And we are making a big deal about social credit scores. So like if you posted something on uh, social media and it was good and you got so many likes, it helped your your social credit score. If you did bad things, you would lose points. If you cursed, if you whatever. It's to the point where Chris even sent me a thing the other day. In China, they have uh, like cameras on their highways and instead of having like police officers, you know, chasing down speeders or whatever, they have these 
cameras and they, you know, license plate number one, two, three, four was speeding and they get demerits towards their social credit score. Okay, so social credit score, we think, <clears throat> is something that was invented or that the Chinese use. And that's weird. But something that we have in this country that I don't think <laughs> many other countries do are credit scores are your your ability to borrow money. Okay. So essentially we started, even though we it's not called a social credit score, it kinda is. You have every one of us, especially adults, if you're over eighteen, you have a credit score, whatever that number is, whether it's three hundred or nine hundred, or I don't even know if it goes up nine hundred, you know, eight eight whatever. Eight fifty, I think, is the high. And that that score is based off of how well you repay loans and how far in debt you are. So, and it's and what always killed me is when I was younger. Obviously, I never paid a lot of attention to that. You know tried to pay my bills if I had a credit card I tried to pay you know I just tried to you just try to do what you can do right and I never really thought much about it and then as I got older and I was like really need to focus on my credit score because that's what we're taught like we're taught that that's a big deal and I and I guess essentially it is it sucks that it is but it is it is what it is right because if you want to buy a house, you want to buy a car, you want to whatever, you got to have that number. And it's it's bullshit. Uh, it's bullshit is what it is. But it's it's I don't even want to say it's the world we live in, but it's the country, it's the it's the corporation that we live in. So if you guys have like credit karma or uh Experian or whatever on your phone or even if you've tried to buy a car or a house or whatever, how many times and I've been told this when I was younger, you don't have enough credit. And it's like, what is what does that mean? And it was and and I didn't really understand it until somewhat recent, like probably within the last five or so years, that if you whatever you make as a wage, whatever your wage is, you should have access to a credit limit of at least that amount. So essentially, the banks, the credit card companies, whoever, they're all the same. They encourage you to be in debt. And not not necessarily be in debt. It's not like they say, okay, if you make uh, $80,000 a year, they want you $80,000 in debt. It's not about that. You just have to have access to that much money. Now, what does that mean? Okay, you could have, let's say you have eight credit cards. You know, fuck it. Let's be real. We're Americans. Let's say you have 10 credit cards like I think the average <laughs> American has. And that could be anything from a Master MasterCard or Visa to a a department store card like, you know, Macy's or Target or Walmart or whatever, right? And, you know, you might have a MasterCard like a regular old, you know, whatever, you know, whatever bank you bank at, you know, Wells Fargo visa right and that could have a ten thousand dollar credit limit and then you have a different bank mastercard and it's got a five thousand dollar credit limit and then you have a store credit card of some sort and it's got a two thousand dollar and as those cards build up you have 60 70 80 thousand now as long as that whatever that number is as long as your utilization is under like five percent so if you have a $80,000 credit limit spread amongst however many credit cards, but you only have like a 5% usage, then you've only used, um, you know, five grand or four grand or whatever. So as long as your credit cards aren't maxed out and you're $80,000 in debt, you're good. Your credit score will be good. But if you have one credit card and it's only a $5,000 credit limit, or yeah, it's only $5,000 limit, and you uh, you make decent money. Let's say you make 50, 60 grand a year. You don't have enough credit. I mean, you could have a car. Well, you might not have a car. Or you might have a car, but you might not have a house. And <laughs> it's almost like you have to have a lot of credit cards, but not use them. 
in order to build up your credit because you have the credit and you're not using it. Therefore, you're a good little boy or girl. And then the funny thing is, is if you don't use those credit cards, because I'm, I'm guilty of this, I've got more credit cards than I could ever think I would ever have. Right now, only two of them have a balance on them. So what happens is I get emails from these other credit cards. Hey, you know, you haven't used this card in six months or a year or whatever. Uh, if you don't use it by certain date, we're going to cancel it. Or if you don't use it by a certain date, we're going to lower your, your uh, credit limit. Okay. Well, so it kind of forces you <laughs> to use the card because you don't want to, you don't want to lower your credit limit because then that kind of fucks you on your utilization. I, it's a big game. I mean, because the reason I'm talking about this because I literally go through it. I get, I have a Discover card, never use it, <laughs> right? I, I don't know what the balance or what the limit is. It's like four grand, five grand, whatever it is, just sitting there, you know, in my fucking drawer in my room. Get an email. Oh, your card hasn't been used in however long it was. If you don't use it by such and such date, June 1st or whatever it was, we're going to cancel the card. I was like, well, fuck. And my wife's like, well, you never use it. I'm like, but I've got to keep that limit. So my mom, not to get into detail, my mom's TV went out, so she needed a TV. And I was able to get one through where my wife works, cheap, cheaper than what she could buy it. So... I was like, fuck it, I'll just buy the TV, I'll use the credit card, and then I'll just pay it off. You know? <laughs> and it's the stupid shit. You like you gotta play these games with your credit. But so what does it all what does it all mean? Um there's a mic there, Don, and there's wires and it's all sorts of shit here. Um so when you're born, and this all started in the early nineteen hundreds, you your parents your mom and or your dad, whatever. You're born, you know, Cornelius R. McGillicuddy. And that's a real person. If you don't know, you can look it up. <laughs> Cornelius R. McGillicuddy. Born in whatever. Uh, to Mary and Joe McGillicuddy. Um... Uh, Mom signs it, Mary McGillicuddy. Dad signs it, Joe McGillicuddy. We're giving the person, the kid, the name of uh, Cornelius McGillicuddy. At that point, your parents just signed you over to the corporation. Now they're your parents. That's mom and dad, but they signed you over to the corporation. Well, how do you figure? You're, you're staying with your mom and dad. You live there, right? But you're in. You're essentially an indentured servant so <laughs> we fought the civil war or we're, we're made to believe that we sought, fought the civil war to end slavery right and it's a good feel-good story the emancipation proclamation and we freed the slaves and so on and so forth and it's a great feel-good story it's great press it works for history in actuality some people would say that the civil war had i mean i don't want to say it didn't have anything to do with slavery or freeing the slaves but it had more to do with being able to shut down the government to make the switch. Okay? And are we looking at that now? We we know that history constantly repeats itself. Whether it be in this country, other countries, wherever. There's a constant rotation of history. Well, that was fucked up back then, but we can do it better. Now, I'm not saying necessarily... That there's going to be a quote-unquote civil war north against the south. But I think there is going to be a social civil war. And I think we're already in that constant social socializing, social litigating amongst each other. Always going at each other, whether it be through social media, politics, uh, the news. It's just a constant divide. Good versus bad, right versus left, up versus down, right? Who's right? Am I right or are you right? Are you right or am I wrong, right? And, 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 and everyone that says whatever they say, no matter what side you're on, you're right. In your mind, in your eyes, in your group, you're right. I'm not saying you're right, but you believe that you are right. So the civil, the social 
civil war is already amongst us. The question is, when does it turn into a hot war? Will there be a fight, so to speak? I don't think there necessarily has to be any more than what you see now. But they want to blow it up so they can tear it down and put it back together without you even realizing what just happened. So each one of us, have, if you live in this country, you have a social security number, okay? And even if you, if you have it, if you have your social security card, the little blue card, you know, and I have my, I tried to look for it, I couldn't find it. I know it's in the house somewhere, but, you know, I got so much shit in this house. But you, if you, in front of the card, you have your social security number. So, like I said, there's three, two, and four numbers, right? And the, um, so it's a nine-digit code, right? And it's uh, the first set of numbers, the three numbers that you have at the beginning of your social is called your area number, okay? The second set, the two digits in the middle is called the group number. And the final set, like I said, was your serial number. So area number that's usually assigned to a state, okay? Or state, county in the state, you know, whatever. Um, the second set is a group number. I don't know exactly what that means by group number. And the final set is your serial number. So you think serial number like you have a TV or a radio, a computer, you know, whatever, phone, and it's got a serial number. Yeah, you have a serial number too. And even though it's only a four-digit number, there's very mul- there's a lot of multiple multiplicities of that number, along with the group number, so you can fit a lot of people in that group. Okay. So, is your social security number a secret bank account? Um, the story goes that people have a secret account at the Federal Reserve. And that they can pay bills or get money out of the account using a routing number of the Fed and their Social Security number. Now, how do you find out that money, that number? Well, essentially, that is your Social Security fund. So, like, if you have disability, if you have an issue, you know, they tell us Social Security is going to run out. I, I, it's, it's a falsity. It's a lie that they try to tell to divide us even more, to divide the old from the young, the right from the left. That number, the money that's there, you put into it every year or every day, every week, I should say. And that number, whatever that number is for you that you can get X amount of dollars when you turn whatever age, obviously the older you are when you collect on that, the higher the number is. Now, it's not what you're making now, but it's a fraction. And obviously, the more you put into it, the better your fund is, the better your bank account is. Um, so if you flip your card over, if you happen to have your card, if you flip it over, there's a series of numbers. So what are those numbers on the back? Well, it's not the number that you look up. It's the letter. All letters on the back of the Social Security card are linked to um, a certain Federal Reserve Bank. So, for example, the letter H is for the Federal Reserve Bank in St. Louis. So there's no Federal Reserve Bank that your Social Security number is linked to. Um, A claim otherwise is a scam. So the only accounts at the Fed are for member banks. No private citizen can have a Federal Reserve account if they try to set one up. So what does it mean if the numbers on the back are red, blue, or black? Because they're different colors. Some have red, some have blue, some black. Um, It's tied to a Federal Reserve Bank. There are 12 Federal Reserve Banks in the country. The first letter links you to a a city. So... um, on the back, uh, if the letter corresponds on the seal of a $1 bill. So if you are if you look at yours and it has a G, and G is the seventh letter of the alphabet, the $1 bill has a G. It's also the seventh Federal Reserve Bank, which is, um, I don't know. It doesn't 
does it say? Does it say? No. Um, and so on and so forth. So if you look, you can you can whatever your number is, just count it out A B C D whatever, and that'll link you. And then you can look up. You can look up. Say okay, what's the seventh Federal Reserve Bank? St. Louis or Philadelphia, whatever it is. So your um, <laughs> that just goes to show you that that number isn't just a number. It's your serial number. It is your number. And that's why it's very important to keep track of that number because it can fuck with your credit score. <laughs> um, so back to the the codes, right? So um, back, <clears throat> excuse me, back to the codes. So HR, um, shit, what was it called? It was called something, man. Come on. <laughs> The uh, House Joint Resolution Act, right? 192. Okay, so what is that? It is something. Okay, so in 1933, the powers that be in the United States made it against the law to pay debts with gold, known as House Joint Resolution 192. Instead, all debts could only be discharged by offering a sufficient amount of Federal Reserve notes. The paper currency in the United States today continues to be called the Federal Reserve Note. During that time, it also became illegal for the general public to hoard gold bullion, coins, bars, or gold certificates, such as gold coins, bars, certificates in excess, in excess of five ounces, were to be turned in by May 1st of 1933 under penalty of a $10,000 fine and imprisonment up to 10 years or both. An exception was made for gold, gold coins having recognized special value to collectors or rare or unusual coins. So, damn, I thought I had that on here too. I swear to God, this is what happens when you rush. So, and then, and that was in 1933. So afterwards, in 1934, they passed the Gold Confiscation Act in January 30th, 1934. And that's where they made you turn in your gold. They didn't steal it from you. They gave you, quote-unquote, Federal Reserve notes. So if you had $10,000 in gold, you got 10,000 Federal Reserve notes. Now, why does that sound familiar? Well, what's going on right now? That's the, the conspiracy, quote-unquote, of the Fed now situation and the the uh, crypto, um, the, the CBDCs. <laughs> I had a brain fart there. Couldn't think of it. So essentially, they're trying to say, you know, rumor has it, as Fed now is going into effect, that eventually they're going to turn your dollar bills into digital currency. And that, and the big deal about that is you have a dollar, you get a dollar credit for on your CBDCs. So it doesn't sound like a big deal. It's like, whatever, I use my debit card all the time anyway. What's the difference, right? Well, the difference is this. Now... You have a dollar bill. You can go buy something with that dollar bill, whatever you want. You can do whatever you want with that dollar bill. With a dollar credit, not so much. And you can buy gold and silver and stuff like that because that act of the five ounces has gone away. So they took the gold. They took the silver. They stopped backing our money with those things and backed it with oil. Which brings us around back to today, and we've seen, look at gas prices. I mean, they're jumping every day. Every day it's a nickel, it's a dime, it's 20 cents more. And why is that? Well, Saudi Arabia announced they're lowering production. They're doing this, they're doing that. Well, that goes back to the BRICS situation. So now you have a situation, and, I, and I'm going to try and wrap this up because I really need to get going to bed, where you have... A group of countries that are trying to de-dollarize the country. And they're doing that by our backing of our Federal Reserve note, which we backed thanks to President Nixon with oil. Because at the time, we thought oil was the most valuable thing in the world. Which, it, it, it has value, obviously. The problem is, is, we don't produce it anymore like we used to. We depend on other countries... <laughs> we depend on other countries to produce our value. Okay? So, in 1971, I think it was, when 
when uh, Nixon put us on fiat currency, when he took us off the gold standard and put us on the fiat standard, wasn't that big of a deal because we were producing oil not like we should be. We were still importing oil from OPEC, Saudi, whatever. But we have this belief that if we use our oil, we're going to tap ourselves out. And that's that's false. That's not true. The idea was, well, let's use their oil so we they don't have oil. And it's bullshit. It's not how it works. Oil's not going away. Okay? It's there. My point being is this. When he took us off the gold standard, put us on fiat, and then we, we encouraged us to import our value from countries that hate us. Now, this was back in the 70s. Okay, so that was 50 years ago. Well, in, the, in the meantime, we still try to boss hog our way around this world like we're the shit. You know, we're swinging our dicks around, and that's fine. The problem is, is we're depending on those countries to hold our value. Not our values, but our value, our money, okay? So now those countries are like, you know, I'm getting really fucking sick and tired of the United States. So how about we do this? And they're giving us the big fucking finger. And we, as collateral for this corporation, are going to be the ones that suffer and we're going to be forced into war with each other or with other countries. And I, I really, I know I don't have that big of a footprint and I don't have that big of a voice. But I, I just can't encourage you guys enough to make sure you're sharing this. And I know sometimes some of the things I say sounds fucking ludicrous. I get it. But tell me I'm wrong. Just did a show the other day about World War III not being started in Ukraine, but in Africa, right? Funny how everyone else is starting to talk. I'm not saying they're getting the idea from me, but I'm just saying. Obviously, I know a little something about a little something. I really, I work, I go to the gym, and then I read, okay? I might forget some of the stuff I read. That's why it's very important for me to write stuff down. And when I, when I come with a monologue... Like I have, I have to write it down. Sometimes I get stumbled over my words because I'm typing so fast that I fuck up because, you know, I'm just a regular dude. Anyway, it's something to really think about, guys, that slavery didn't end in the Civil War. It was just changed. And instead of the, uh, the quote-unquote black man being the slave, we all are. White, black, Hispanic. If you have that little code, you're a slave. You're a slave to the corporation, and you have a debt to pay. No one's ever really thought about it like that, but that's exactly what it is. All right, guys. With that being said, you have a fantastic weekend, right? Oh, um, And just know that even though we're free, we're not. We want to pretend like we are, and we're told that we are, but we're not. So... Once again, I'm going to end the show with saying this. If we feel that we're free and we think we're free and we want to be free, we've got to quit fighting with each, with each other's. This isn't a Trump. This, this stuff here isn't about Trump or Biden or Republicans or Democrats. It's about you, the American citizen, every one of us. Whether you got an R or a D, whoever you want to follow, it doesn't matter. You all have a social security number. You all, I say you, I'm included in this, are a slave to the corporation. When, when are the workers going to go on strike? All right, guys, you have a great day. Have a great Friday, great weekend, and I'll talk to you again on a Sunday. Um, just have a great safe weekend and uh, think about the things I've said and share them with your friends. Also, guys, you can check us out on social media at Don't Tread on America, Instagram, TikTok, and the Facebook. 
And we're on the uh, Twitter X machine at DTOM underscore 1775. And don't forget about our website, don'ttreadallamerica.com. From all those places, you can check out the DTOM store. It's also at the bottom of whatever podcast app you're listening to right now. So please share this with your friends. Check out the DTOM store. Don't forget, use promo code DTOM. Get 10% off. You guys have a great day, great weekend, and I'll talk to you again on Sunday.